2: I bet you in Lou Holder's young days, Jack, Mm -hmm. you could have seen him right now with the big boom box on his shoulder, and it's just going along with the bebop. Burgundy and gold today. I can't believe you landed him, but also you were a... Guest speaker, or guest yes. teacher, guest instructor. Oh, no, I just, just guest instructor. A, just, no, not an instructor. Celebrity
1: instructor. I was just answering questions. That's all. Oh, you were the just trying to add, uh, you know, some some uh, experience to to what these uh, young aspiring journalists and media people hope to be. That's all. Learn from my stupidity. Here's what I didn't do, or you, what you should do, kind of stuff.
2: Okay. Yeah, so well, I try to do. So, you know? well, try to help, well, bit, Doc, well, you know? try to help the youth of
1: America, Doc. That's great. Try to help well. the youth of America. Lou Holder with us. for the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter. Beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Uh, I was going to refer to you as Professor. Doc says we should refer to you as Doctor. Doctor
3: Lou Holder. Lou Holder. Man, y'all are great. I love watching. Listening to y'all is funny, man. Listen to y'all is absolutely funny. They paired the right two people together. I mean, we're I very that.
2: serious about what we do.
1: Yes, very serious topics. Absolutely. Uh, very serious stuff, normally. Uh, you were uh, down a- over at um, Command Center. It's what I call it. And I don't know what they call it officially. I call it Command Center uh, in Ashburn last week for the Eric Enemy Day, and you know we had discussed this after it was like. First of all, it's hard to imagine he ever was this terrible interview or whatever. These head coaching opportunities, because I thought the guy's messaging was consistent. Uh, you know, had a very you know had very uh, good answers to everything. Uh, laid out his vision. I felt quite well. Uh, with all this stuff and it was just a lot of positivity from that day but obviously since then we've been knocked back to reality here with all the messiness (laughs) of of, uh, the current situation with with ownership and whether or not this is going to be some smooth transition here in the near future or a transition period so I just kind of want to get your take though starting with the day of the enemy but it's it felt like one of the more positive days in quite some time one of the better press uh, events that they've held over there
3: yeah yeah thanks for having me on again guys and yeah it's it seems it seems that um we can't this franchise can't have any sustained good times there's always something to 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 knock it down but um to see you know just a year ago um the same intrigue and curiosity when Carson Wentz was here. I mean, we all came because, wow, they got this quarterback. I mean, got to ask him all these questions of this, 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 and that. But you didn't see a lot of current players or anybody there. Um, It was mostly the media, and it wasn't a packed room. Um, Even with all the stuff that happened with Carson Wentz, you would think that it would be – this room was packed, guys. And in the front row was all your stars. You know, um Dotson and McLaurin and Robinson and defensive guys too, everybody was there because when you got a ring on your finger and another one getting sized up in a couple of days whatever, because of championships that you won, you are intrigued. You are intrigued and you feel wow. Um, you feel inspired. And as you said, there's when you listen to that guy, he's a head coach now. <laughs> He's a head coach now, so he had the temper and say all the right things. That hey, look, I'm in the moment right now. But everybody knows this man should be running a, a team. Um, but I, I, my thing, and I told all my friends, and I told Doc, and everybody who'd listen. I said, look, now that he's here, he should get the same autonomy that Kyle got. He should get the same autonomy that Scott got, and he should be able my, – my moniker is let EB be free, <laughs> right? Let him be free to do what he does, right? The the micromanaging on whether he, you know, can call – the man has credentials enough to do whatever he wants to do, be creative as he wants to do. And one of the cool things about it, not saying that I you couldn't with Scott – but afterwards, after the big press avail and he started talking to the media, we started talking X's and O's and I don't know if it was Ben staining or somebody asked him about those two plays in the Super Bowl um, that they ran um, where they got you know wide open and he was going back and he said, yo we saw tape from when Washington played him on Monday night and when Jacksonville played him and we knew that this I mean this guy has a mind like they, they it was Very, very cool to hear a mind of a champion talk about, you know, what they saw, what they're going to do. And he's excited to be in the NFC East because of all the great and good defenses that are in there, he gets to go up against them. So the tone was cool. The tone was really cool. And obviously as a man of color, and um, it was just prideful for me because, you know, when I first got here, Uh, Bobby was, you know, on his way out. Uh, Doug was around every now and then. But until Tony Wiley got here, there were no real significant men or people of color in the front office that on a consistent basis. And now to see Martin Mayhew and Eric Stokes and Ron Rivera being a minority and Julie Donaldson being over there. I mean, it really is cool to see the diversity of the team, you know, I mean, obviously, the way they got there was kind of like, well, wow, all this stuff had to happen for you to be diverse. But now that they are diverse, I mean, that's something to celebrate. You know, that's something to celebrate. So I was I was proud. I was happy to be in there. And uh, the question of why he was even on the radar or why he's even here was kind of answered there, too. There's a lot of relationships that go on in the NFL, and there's... You know, we all know Doc from being on the West Coast, but man, I Ricky Irvins was there, said he used to play high school football with, with Eric Bianome out there on the on the West Coast. Uh, a bunch of you know, Ron Rivera and Cal. There's a lot of, you know, California connections on why Eric Bianomi probably even thought about coming here because there's relationships that have already been in place at other places that he felt comfortable coming here.
2: Well, when you're a Buffalo, and the one thing I think, I don't think people geographically associate Colorado like that with the West, but it really is. So it's not that odd to me for a Buffalo, and of course a very heralded Buffalo. This guy was elite as a collegiate and has been in the league, but the the running back position has been shunned so long, it never gets propelled up like the quarterback coaches do. So his, his mm-hmm. road was much longer than most because of the position that he coached. Because for so long, you know, most of the African-American coaches, well, what do I mean? Well, all of them were either the running back coach or the DB coach. That's their early entry into football. I remember Tony Dungy <clears throat> being stuck for four or five years beyond, couldn't get a shot, couldn't get an interview. And everybody knew Dungy was a cerebral nut and, and was great. So that path, and then when the guy, when you cut the mic on and you heard the guy, it kind of took all the way all those, well, wait a minute, we heard this guy was like Daffy Duck. No, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it even, it even compounded your thinking. Yeah. You go, wait a minute, we've been hoodwinked. No, you haven't. It's just business as usual. And yeah. so my question is going to be now he brings over Pritchard from Stanford. Would, I wanted to know a couple things that I still don't know for sure. How much influence on his side of the ball with staff? How much power? How much money? Because that, that's, that's how deals are done. And yeah. are you totally in charge? They've done everything they can to make us think this is his operation to do yeah. whatever he sees fit. Do you buy into that?
3: Man, I temper, tempered optimism. <laughs> tempered yeah. optimism because I haven't seen it before. But, man, I this guy does not need to be muzzled unbridled Eric enemy. I mean he deserves at least that. So, um, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm um, you know, cause you 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 said that you, you earmarked the man. You said that you you were looking for him. If he's here, then why why else would you be even coming on that side of the room? Leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. Leave the man alone. Let him let him be let his creative juices flow. Even if it's um, something that you don't agree with. Look, I, I again, when Kyle Shanahan was here, yes, dad was at the top. Yeah. When Kyle Shanahan was here, he was able to be Kyle, right? Even though the, the, the with the Donovan McNabb and the wristbands, and he won't wear the. And Kyle got to do what Kyle wanted to do, right? I mean, we are stupid. Kyle got to do what Kyle wanted to do. Um, the, the 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 fact that Scott Turner had a chance to do. Uh, He he was up top. He was down low. The man had a chance to do what he wanted to do. We didn't agree with it, but uh, at times when he got a chance to do what he wanted, at least, at at minimum, Doc and Scott, Eric Biennaby should be allowed to do what he wants to do.
1: Yeah. At minimum. And, and again, they're saying all the right things now, but obviously we'll wait and see if it all plays out that way. I just saw something about – you know, draft and how you know, his impact or his—I should say—input will be on the draft and draft selections, especially on the obviously on his position groups that matter. Uh, you know, and, and whether or not uh, that will follow through will be interesting. You know, his obviously vision of the offense. Ron Rivera did say that yesterday. Yes, it was going to be Eric's. He wasn't going to, you know, limit him to yes, run first two to one and all that other stuff that we've heard. Some of the other nonsense in this offseason. But I wanted to get this from you since that moment, obviously, and all the goodwill from the Eric Bienem. We've had just so much stuff. I mean. We were discussing it with your group yesterday in your class, and I just you know, it's just so much all the time. I feel like you need to be a lawyer or a medical person sometimes uh, to have a medical degree or a lawyer degree uh, with some of these different things that pop up with the with the team. Uh, but yesterday was definitely the lawyer day. I mean, yeah, I had to bring on a lawyer on the show. I mean, just to get through all this stuff. But at this point, you know, this is just a reminder. All this good stuff. You can have good staff. You can have good people. But until. You get this part of it taken care of, which is, you know, the most important part. The owner, you know, who sets the stage for the entire franchise, until that happens, it's really hard to buy in that anything's going to be different in the fall.
3: I mean, I'll take it even a step further, Scott. It's even hard, I mean, because this is bigger than the Washington Commanders. I mean, this now has Roger Goodell in the league. Yeah all over it as well. So it's even hard to even think that anything's going to change, you know, up there as well. Like, right. I mean, there's, there's criminal acts going on that are higher than Dan Snyder, right? If cover ups and stuff are there from all the stuff that I've been going through and you've been trying to explain and and doc as well. I mean, there's, there's just criminal acts that are going on here. Right. So the NFL, but you know what? The NFL will always win out. Because with all the concussions and the women and everything that's going on, the shield is still so strong that people people who boycotted the league they're back, right? One good game and people are back, so they know that they got this great product. But it goes, it, it's man, I, I, it, it's higher than just Washington. But you know, as with the Washington Commanders, it's it's the it's a reality show that just won't go away. <laughs> it won't go away it just won't go away and it's 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 just frustrating because there are journalists there are people who really really like to talk about football <laughs> um and for the 20 years that i've been here you've had to half talk about football and half talk about other stuff yeah right um and that's the frustrating part because i i As you said, it was just a week ago that we're on a high, like, wow, this offensive mind is here, Patrick Mahomes, this and this and that, and you didn't even get a chance to get to the combine. We couldn't even get to the combine (laughs) a week later without now having to say, well, there's now investigative reporting going on as well. Um, And it's it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating, and not just for fans, but for people who have to cover the team. Now you were on my class talking about slow news days and things like that. Man, I would rather have a slow news day than have to talk about this <laughs> all the time. You know, it, it's just because because you can't you can't win. You can't win. Right. And then you got li- listen. Then let's 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 call it what it is. When you got your boys from other towns calling and be like, "Yo, what's going on down there?" Right, and you're just like, "Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean." When your guys that you grew up with and you've gone to school with that are in other parts of the country talk about what the heck is going on in there, Um, it's just a PR nightmare. I mean, these guys in the PR department for years have had to send out releases and things like that, which you shouldn't really have to do, but they end up being part of the job description that you have to do crisis management and damage control like every other month. And it's just it's just hard. It's just hard. And, and you're right. You, until that changes, at the, until that changes, it's just going to be a circle again. We're going to have to do it again with somebody somebody else's report. I mean,
2: well, doctor, have you had to address with your class about the the defenders being the recipients of this situation? Because I found nothing but joy, and you could hear. I mean, when they were here two weeks ago it was it was amazing and i can only anticipate that sunday there are people almost from a therapeutic standpoint are looking forward to going out and supporting them
3: yeah i mean i i think that that um there's just <laughs> There's just so many other things now that people are like, I'm done with the commanders that anything else that comes through here, they want to support. Um, Where's baseball? Um, Maryland had a big win the other day. They're just looking for stuff that like, I I just need a break. (laughs) I need a break. So yes, the support is going to come. Students are my students were more talking about the core ethics of journalism with Mm -hmm. Scott and Scott did a great job just talking about being accountable being accessible, being fair, being impartial, um, and although I love real life situations where you have to put that into play, uh, I don't think that's what really Scott signed up for in my class yesterday. But it was good. It was good. It was really, really good.
2: Did they ask for autographs? I mean, how did they? Now that they know that you know him, no, I'm kidding you. I'm not. I'm serious. When people come to me, they go. Oh, they stop. hear the Mercedes Benz, and they go. What's he like? I mean, is he did
3: I go? I I will. I will say. I will say. One of the students afterwards, he said, "I wish I could have a voice like that."
2: Yeah. Well, G, and and you know what, G from the shop and Pauly ought to be ashamed of themselves. Seriously, they really should be ashamed of themselves. I don't even know who you are talking about. Hey, Lou. As always, excellent to have you
1: on. Uh, Thank you. And uh, again, sorry, Doctor uh, at Holder Sports on Twitter. Uh, we will talk to you again soon, man. Thanks for joining us today.
3: Always a pleasure. You guys thanks, are brother. the best. All right, Take thanks care. a lot, buddy. Right.
1: Via the BetQL right. guest hotline, he is Lou Holder. Good enough to join us. Uh, you know, there's something he he brought up that's a really good point. That I didn't think about. Um, you know, going into the, the the enemy stuff from last week, we'll get to that coming up. Plus, we'll hear from Martin Mayhew. Uh, where he had a say today, as he is wrapping up here at the combine, we'll play that back to you around one thirty. Here it's Burgundy Gold today with Doc Walker, Scott Jackson, Team 90 streaming live on the Free Odyssey app.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com
1: we're gonna go today we're here from martin mayhew commanders general manager here momentarily. thanks to lou holder for jumping on board with us talking the commander's week from the thrill of victory to the agony of defeat uh over these last few days with all this stuff but hey you know again there could be could be good stuff on the other side uh, to steal the phrase used at the enemy presser by jason wright on the and they get to the other side of all this that's where uh things will be happening by the way i mean the, the capitals we haven't really mentioned this they're in the middle of a big time um I don't know if fire sales the word. I think it's more of a retool they're because doing
2: of, what we want the right. wizards to do
1: that they never do. Right. So they're doing this stuff where they're they're moving guys. They moved Lars Eller they're earlier dumping. today, yeah. uh to the Avalanche. They've already moved Orlov Hathaway, Johansson, Gustafson and now Eller. So that's mm-hmm. that's all the moves. And again, they still have a good core here, but they gotta get healthier, they gotta get younger. And obviously they're also looking at payroll here. So I, I'm happy to see them sell it out. I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs at this point. And Selling out or dumping? Yeah, they're dumping. They're yeah. Dumping. Yeah, flexing. The yeah, they're dumping. They're getting stuff in the return, yeah, right? They're getting picks. Go. They're getting young players, so it's good. I mean, yeah. you got to do that. I mean, again, uh, sometimes you just got to admit who you are and what you're not, and and go from there. So,
2: what that, about and the Wizards
1: really? Well, they they didn't do it because it's never too late. It? Yeah, when have they late. ever done it? Right, and I just, you know, we're going to talk to Gafford about some of the things that, like last night was. There's many versions of the team, right? Like, there's the version last night that has Brad and has Kuzma, right? Yeah. And then there's the version that sometimes has Porzingis involved with it, too. But yeah. rarely do we have the quote unquote big three actually available to be big threes together. And that's really what the vision of it all I thought was, but it just doesn't.
2: Which was sound. Which doesn't happen. It was a
1: problem. It's, it's a tough thing, especially yeah. when you get two of these guys that are going to be free agents in the offseason. However, you know, for what they have now, uh, last night was the best, was a very good version of themselves. Uh, and Daniel Gafford will talk about all that at 1 o'clock with us. But I wanted to get to something that Lou mentioned. And I really had not thought about it a year ago when we when I was there. And obviously we had this the benefit of watching the B enemy thing this year because we were on the air an hour later, so we didn't get to go down there. But there was so many players, and so and we, he mentioned alum like Ricky Urbans who called us right afterwards and how excited he was. There was so many more people excited and interested in going to see the offensive coordinator – this year, than we to see the actual alleged franchise quarterback a year ago. Um, and, and, again, they presented it very nicely last year. It was very positive. Uh, they they – I don't blame Pulling them. messy. The mental side of all the stuff Carson Wentz, like, that they set up for him, the culture – like, the cocoon, right? Like, don't say anything bad about our quarterback. We're going to come after you. We'll tweet about you. All that stuff was super. But the problem was, at the end of the day, he still actually had to go out and perform. And that was where the problem was. He just couldn't do it. He just can not do it. Can't. what he used to be when he was in Philly. Uh, and that was the unfortunate part of it. But yeah, he's right. I mean, I didn't really even think about how, you know, the Wins thing, it was just a lot of, you know, not that it was bad, but it was, just, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of fanfare. Yeah,
2: he hit, I mean, there were a couple of big throws, mm-hmm. and we'll, that he's capable of. Sure. If you protect him. Sure. But where the sad part was that he seemed defenseless, he couldn't protect yeah. himself. Right, right and that's okay if he were 44. Yeah. See, if he were 43 years old doing that, I would have been mad. Yeah. It's it's wild cuz again, a guy who there
1: was again this, you know, inside that organization. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think the fan base ever really got excited about it. I don't think they sold a lot of eleven jerseys. Mm-hmm. But for as much hoopla as they had, and even into this even the first couple months of the season, Ron after the Chicago game, very angry and anybody even questioned who who was the reason why he was there. Do, all wait, that I, stuff, right?
2: I wish we had that sound.
1: All that stuff. Oh, I loved All of that, that was linebacker was still going on, yeah. but yet here this guy gets cut two days ago. It's like it's just like an whatever. It's like, okay, good. Yeah. You had to I and mean, it was you had to do it. I mean, there's no doubt they did the right thing by doing it, but it's just like I think so many so many of us had checked out on the idea of it being more than just a one and done very early in the season, could see the writing on the wall. of. I mean, they got lucky in the sense that they didn't have to ride it out longer than they needed to because of that injury, so it didn't cost them a second-round pick this year. I mean, they, got, they caught that break. They were almost free and clear of it until, you know, they got itchy in Week 17 and put it back out on the field and obviously ruined any chance they had of being a playoff team.
2: I think of Flowers, who still hadn't played in the NFL but was the best left guard we had. And they, I think, at nine, I think of the players we might have been able to keep had we not done that. But it's all called woulda, shoulda, coulda. Yeah, no doubt. All words of losers. No doubt. You, you know, if you protected him, who knows? But you couldn't. Correct. You know, the athleticism and void of that would be a better way to phrase it was shocking.
1: Yeah. It just,
2: Even Indy, it just... I think, was shocked by it, and we'll find out if the former Turp pulls him down to Carolina. <sighs>
1: Where have I seen – where have you seen – I've seen Wentz linked to potential the Buccaneers who have trask. Where's the other place I'm missing? Carolina. Possibly Carolina. Car- yeah. That's it. Okay, Carolina. Carolina. You haven't heard anything about Doug Peterson and the in the Jags looking to make him uh, Trevor Lawrence's backup though, right? Nothing no, about haven't. that. Obviously,
2: you know, he's not going back to <laughs> Indianapolis with that owner. Now, I am with you that, that if you have a legitimate one, like the first player taken mm-hmm. – And him as the senior guider, hey, man, let me help you through that. That might be a good way, leading him to be an an assistant coach down the road.
1: I just don't – I mean, the problem with him is – is he going to be more or less accurate with less reps, right? Because that's a problem. I mean, we saw that at training camp. Like, never this day. guy. Oh my God. He's so day. inaccurate. And yeah. I know a lot of people were, were like, oh, why, why are the media picking on this poor guy? Play-? Well, because he's playing against air, folks, and he's overthrowing people yeah, and, but and he's can, inaccurate. I mean, that's a problem. I mean, can, this is against air at this point. He was so bad at the mini camps. And then we, again, we heard about, you know, catch radius all year.
2: Well, the catch rate is. <laughs> you know, in because. Because he, he couldn't. Well, here, here's hit the old the thing, arrow, you know? Ron, Ron did us a favor. Yeah. He was trying to prepare us for it. No, he prepared us for he it. He prepared us for it, but we're laughing to some degree. But what's not funny is that he can still make 4 to $5 million a year. Oh, I know. For being a backup. But what high will go out and be his highlight in getting money, this guy might make it. Four or five million to be a backup. Now I know some of you that that doesn't phase you, but to me that's amazing. It's incredible that you could be that bad at something and still have a value like that. That shows you how pathetic the quarterback position is in the National Football. Well, game. remember uh, what was the guy's name? He was
1: here for a bit. He he never was really a start. He started a few games in his life, but he made a lot of money. Chase Daniel.
2: Oh, yeah. Chase yeah. Daniel.
1: He had a great career.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, he just printed money, right? Yeah. Didn't have to actually ever get on the field much at all. Uh, probably the best spot he was ever in was, of course, with Sean Payton in New Orleans behind Breeze. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he was, you know, he's one of those guys that bounced from place to place. Remember, at one point, we thought maybe for like a week and a half, he was going to be the Eagles starter. Then they got Sam Bradford. on oh, there. Sam Bradford's oh, another guy. Yeah, oh, my God. One. Yeah. Who just printed money. And he was a starter for a while, but he was one of those guys, too, that was... Kind of reminded me of a, a, a more of a obviously a more seasoned veteran or a more seasoned version of it, a higher chip, if you yeah. will, because he was a high pick, was the guy that was here that was that Spurrier got beaten to submission, Patrick Ramsey. I mean oh Step Sam
2: um Sam Bradford similar, he took a lot of hits. Like he it's took the a worst lot of hits. Abuse, physical abuse I've ever seen. But I'll tell you what, these guys, if they like me, they can contact a Jerk and I can <laughs> I tell you the perfect game plan for them. Get four or five million, then you go to Malibu. And you go to Malibu High and be the football coach. You're going to be the varsity football coach in Malibu, in Malibu High. You get a spot right off the mountain because you you've made a lot of money. Your body's still tight, and I go share you know teach some kids. Bingo, bingo. That's what I do. All
1: right, coming up, we'll hear from Martin May, who just wrapped up a little bit ago at the uh, Indianapolis Combine, NFL Combine. Excuse me, in Indianapolis. So I don't know how much longer to be there, but. It's always been there. We'll see if they uh, sell them out or not here in the near future. We'll get to that coming up. It's Burgundy Gold today with Doc Walker, Scott Jackson, Team Nenity, streaming live on the free Odyssey
2: app.
1: Wow. Run DMC. Doc Walker. Jack. Jack. Scott Jackson with the oh, you here. Burgundy the only Gold way today. You know it. No, they don't know this. is way past their time. This is don't our time. Don't
2: put anything past Nicholas. He's I guarantee you Nicholas knows who that is. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. Martin
1: Mayhew just wrapped up a little while ago. He was a lengthy conversation with the media at the Combine in Indianapolis, and we will jump in here, part of it right now, with you here on Burgundy and Gold today.
4: Setting this whole thing up and running it. Um, there's been you know, talk a few years ago about the player experience, and Jeff went back, re- reevaluated evaluated everything that, that they were doing here, And we've made a lot of changes that are to the benefit of the players in terms of changing the schedule up, changing the medical process, but not being pulled on by four and five doctors now. We've got that process streamlined and um, created a uh, recovery room for the guys. So, um, you know, I know it's up for bid in 2025, but I'm very hopeful, and a lot of my colleagues are hopeful that it stays here in uh, Indianapolis. So with that, I will open it up to questions. Yeah, well, what was talked about a couple years ago was the amount of stress that was put on these guys and how long their days were. Um, And what it really allows them to to do, I think, is be their best self in the interview process as well as the -the on-the-field process, that they're not tired. Um, Last year, a lot was made of the fact that we had the bench on the same day as the 40s, so a lot of guys did not do the bench last year for that reason. So now they changed it so the bench is the day after the on-field workout. So those kinds of things allow the players to perform at, at their absolute best, which is what we want and what the players and their agents want as well. Given
2: the tracking data, how much, that's coming to lead, how much do you still value sort of the traditional
4: training? Yeah, we value all that. Um, it's all a piece of the puzzle. I mean, you can't just put it on one thing, like a 40-time or you know, height, weight, speed. There's so many variables involved. Uh the tracking data is, is obviously very, very helpful. Uh but the 40 times we look at that because it's uniform. Everybody's running on the same surface on the same on the same day. All the DB group, the same day, all the linebackers, same day, same surface. So it's not like the different pro days where you have different types of surfaces, uh, different conditions. Some guys are outside, some guys are on grass, and, and some guys are inside on turf or different types of turf. Um, so it just gives us one standard. And we can see who ran faster on that particular day, you know, which is helpful to us in terms of gathering accurate information. I think that is a tremendous, tremendous value. I don't think it's any, any, uh, coincidence that Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes are two of the best quarterbacks in the league and they had the benefit of being able to sit behind a quality quarterback sit and learn for some period of time I'm obviously not saying that Sam is those guys right now but I'm saying that I think that there's a lot of benefit to coming in without that immediate pressure every single week to learn a different game plan to play against a different team uh, to play a longer season than you ever played in your whole life uh, with grown men um, and different schemes that you haven't seen before um, I think that's one of the things as a league that we really, where we really have failed, is in developing quarterbacks. And the reason for that, I believe, is because, you know, the bad teams get to pick first. Uh, they pick a very talented quarterback. Sometimes their team is not that talented. Uh, then they have that immediate pressure to put that player on the field. Uh, and so many guys have failed for that reason. So I think it's very, it's going to help Sam a lot. Yeah, well, I think you see a lot more multiple defensive schemes. So you see schemes that run, you know, um, you know 34 defenses, then they morph into a 4-3. We have what we call our single package, which is five down linemen. Um, so you're seeing uh, people able to put different pieces in different spots to make the most of what their skill set is. Um, so I think that benefits some of these guys that are declared as tweeners. Are they defensive tackles or defensive ends? Are they outside linebackers or, or, or edge players, you know, uh, pass rushers? Uh, I think it benefits those guys. We have so many schemes that are multiple, and we find multiple uses of guys to be able to maximize their skill set. I think that's something you got to think about. But you know, one of the biggest mistakes I made in my career was assuming that Aaron Donald was too small. You know, and a lot of people thought that. Twelve other teams thought the same thing because he went 13th. Uh, but obviously, you got to take into consideration what measurables that you want and desire. But you also have to look at what a guy can do, what they're capable of doing. Um, and um, clearly, you, you can't make a decision based off that. I don't think you got to watch the tape, evaluate who that guy is, get to know that person as a get to know that player as a person, um, and make an ultimate decision of what he can contribute to your team, despite what his measurables are. Yeah, honestly, this year we have not done a lot of deal talking. Uh, At at this point, we have several agent meetings uh, that we're doing, meeting with some of the agents from some of our players. Um, But uh, it varies from year to year. If you have somebody who you're trying to move or if you have somebody who you've targeted on a different team that you're trying to get, you know, you spend a lot of time on that. Uh, This year so far I haven't spent much time on that. yeah um that was 1988. That was a long time ago, so I don't remember a whole heck of a lot about it. I remember I ran pretty good. I remember I got seven reps on the bench. I was pretty embarrassed <laughs> about that. Um, but yeah, it's changed a lot since then. and for the better, I think, um, I think uh, the interview process has changed a lot, which has been really really beneficial as far as getting to know these guys. Um, Having the opportunity to do that. Um, A lot of the other data that we collect now, we didn't collect back then. A lot of psychological testing that we're able to do now, we didn't do back then. It's gotten a lot better, a lot more sophisticated. Obviously, a lot more people here. Uh, Now you have fans there and, uh, you know, obviously a lot more of you guys here as well. Uh, Before, I think the goal was initially to get medical information and then do a little on-field workout and, and get to know these guys a little bit. Um, it hasn't changed dramatically in terms of the goals, but the, the method to get to those answers has changed a lot, and it's a lot more efficient. Yeah, Senior Bowl has been outstanding. Jim Nagy's done an incredible job uh, getting that uh, revamped and uh, resituated. Their interview process has been incredible. We get to talk to every single guy that's there, which is really helpful uh, for us. Um, and every year I go to the senior bowl since I've been going for the last 20 years or whatever, there's always a guy two that catches your eye that you haven't seen before. I don't know as much about, um, thinking back, um, to, I think it was 2014 or 15. Um, I think it was 15. It was the year we drafted Lakin Thomason. And, um, there was a, a corner safety there that I didn't know hardly anything about. I knew his name and that was pretty much it, but he had an incredible week of practice um, we ended up taking that guy uh, in the six rounds, Quandre Diggs. We ended up being an all-pro. Um, and he caught my eye at the senior bowl. So I think there's a lot of benefit for players to go there, um, and we certainly derive a lot of benefit from it. Yeah, well, you know, we're still working through that process with Eric. He's only been there for a couple of days. I've seen him in the office, I think two days, um, and I just saw him at, at the hotel a while back. So we're, we're, we're still evolving with that process with him and trying to figure out exactly uh, you know, what, what he's going to be looking for at different positions. Um, we have some thoughts, obviously, but we're going we're gonna to blend all that, and we'll get into free agency and get into the draft and start getting input from him, and we'll make some of those decisions down the road. Yeah, we lean on our coaching staff. Our coaches do a great job evaluating players. Uh, that's one thing I think that Coach has done a really good job of, putting a staff together of guys that know what they're looking at. Um, so we lean on those guys a lot. Eric will be very involved in the process. We definitely lean on him and Jack as coordinators to know what they want uh, with, with the, as far as uh, skill set um, and what they look for in certain players. So Eric will be very involved in that. Well, um, I think what's going on is I think some of the coaches are not coming. All of the general managers are here, as far as I know. All the personnel departments are here. This is really an event, uh, an opportunity for us to see these guys live. There's a lot of guys who you haven't seen and sit down and talk with these guys one-on-one. Um, I don't know the whole you know, background of each why each coaching staff or each team made that decision. Um, frequently, that decision is made by a GM or an owner that says there's, no, there's not enough value for you to go, you know. Um, our coaches are, are, are all here, all participating. They're all involved in the interview process. We think there's value in that uh, for them being able to sit down and talk to these guys face to face. We had a great interview with Brian Robinson last year, but we left that interview with some questions about, you know, the questions we want to ask Brian further. And we brought him into our building for a 30 visit. We got answers to all those questions, and it worked out very well for us. So we think there's a lot of value in having the coaches involved in this process, especially the interview process.
1: There you go. Uh, Martin Mayhew earlier today at the Combine, actually in the last hour. So some of what he had to say, obviously you heard his thoughts on there. The enemy's involvement, uh, team involvement, wants to see this the Combine stay in Indianapolis, which has been a, you know one of, these, <laughs> one of these money-making opportunities the NFL has, Doc, where they want to you know, trounce it around the country, even though they might not have it all set up or have any clue how to run it. Like you said, they got it wired here. They do you everything. Walk, Yeah. I mean, everybody knows where everything is. Yeah. They know how to handle it. They've been doing it for a long time. I, it just doesn't feel right, but it wouldn't be shocking. Look, they, anything to make a nickel more, they're going to try to do, which is kind of sleazy, but, you know. Is what it is. They shouldn't. They should keep it if it's working well there. People like it. I don't hear coaches complaining about it or GMs. No. It's just a league, long let's long as make money thing.
2: St. Elmo Steakhouse is there. You're not going to hear anybody <laughs> with an expense account complain about it. It is worth the price of admission. It's all indoors.
1: You don't need it to be some yeah. fancy hot, warm city. In, if you in-
2: move it to Minnesota or Green Bay or Buffalo, yeah. I'd be all for it. Right, right. Go- Any small market deserves it. Sure. You know, because if, if you got a dome and the players are working inside, but get a small market a hit or leave it where it's at. And they're in Indianapolis, and that couldn't be smaller. Exactly. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back
1: uh, at 2 o'clock. We're going to sh- shift gears for a bit to the NBA and talk Wizards with Daniel Gafford uh, after a win last night against the Hawks. It's Burgundy Gold today, Team 980 Stream live with the free Odyssey app.
3: I said, are you going to be my girl?
1: Bargain, the end goal today, heading towards the final hour. Uh, We'll get to some Wizards win last night. Also, uh, some very important fashion questions for Daniel Gafford um, about, uh, you know, just kind of taste, interesting stuff. I think it's uh, something we need to get to the bottom of, so we'll deal with all that coming up and and the uh, the last word from uh, Ron Rivera on the Carson Wentz era. You Missed that from yesterday, we'll uh play a little bit of that for you as well from the uh Indianapolis Combine as the uh, team is uh, obviously all in right now. And Sam Howell, although he's not the starter, he is QB one and he's also QB only one. <laughs> there you go, oh, you got it. <laughs> you like it. that? You like that? I've been wor- working yeah, on that one. It. You got it. You like that or like that? Yeah, so anyway, he is QB only one at this point. And you know, he did say some interesting stuff yesterday about Taylor Heineke, he's still. Uh, being a possibility and I, I would think so as you and I have discussed before I think both parties uh, could benefit from the other right I think for mm-hmm. him he's no more he's the most valuable here unless he's of course going to get a starting opportunity somewhere else which I don't I don't foresee right now at least I haven't heard about it um, mm, and of no. course you know on and off the field for him business-wise it's a really good
2: Well where did place to Turner be. end up? Turner's in Raiders.
1: He's a Raider. Yeah, he's a Raider. Okay, so, but he's he's not calling plays, right? Because that's uh, the guy. Uh, the Josh Daniels is still in charge of all that.
2: Yeah, but in terms <clears throat> of his quarterback coach, it, yeah. getting him in.
1: But do you think again anybody in in Las Vegas cares that he dove with the pylon? You know, his first season here.
2: I think you could sell people on anything. <laughs> I mean, he I think was they seem hair. to
1: like the Raiders. Fans seem to really enjoy uh, if they don't get Stidham. Dark,
2: know? yeah. If they don't yeah. get Stidham, no, I don't mean as a backup as a guy on the roster. Maybe, yeah. He did beat them in Las Vegas, so it's not like they haven't heard of him. Right, right. Okay, now the guy dropped a pick would have been right, pick six, sure, but sure. he dropped yeah. it. Right, right. So it's not like he don't have no swag there. I can roll up in there and say, yeah, mm-hmm. I got you on my belt as a sure. notch.
1: There's that, and again, you know, we don't know. Maybe Garoppolo makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, Maybe one of the other two, one of the two quarterbacks with the uh, with the Patriots, Uh, if they don't, you know, if they don't keep, uh, if they don't buy into Mac Jones, maybe they could Mac Jones could be available. Or, of course, you know, um, they they would go with uh, Zappy, you know, or or maybe they make a trade for Zappy, you know, who was. uh, very good for them this year. I don't know. We'll, we'll see uh, what ends up happening there. It's an uh, interesting situation. a Yeah, I mean, I think they're all in for Aaron. ron mm-hmm. it, it would feel like to me, mm-hmm. uh, especially with, you know, his best friend there, a guy who, uh, well, uh, excuse his me. His former best his friend. His second yeah. best friend. Excuse, yeah. His first best friend yeah. is now out of town Yeah, <laughs> with, with a college best friend yeah. and Derek Carr. But, you know, him and a A-A- despite Aaron never wanting really to really spend any time with Devontae in the offseason, in, in Green Bay no. at least.
2: no, no. But anyway. Well, his friend looks like he's in New York. See, do you see a a taking on the position of the New York media? No, I don't. Yeah, but if he wants to go
1: full on Brett Favre, which it feels like he's trying to, yeah, that would be the next place to go. Just part of the I think the
2: comparisons bug him.
1: Yeah, probably
2: would. I don't think he wants to follow anybody. Yeah, cut his own path, even though his his boyfriend is there coaching now. Um, I don't know if that's going to hook up. It, it's got me war- hoping. What are the uh, Mike? Do you have this? Do you
1: know this? What are the odds for Rodgers? Is there betting odds on where he's going to play next year? I'll
2: look it up real fast. I'm sure
1: there is. I mean, there has to be. There was for Brady. Remember when the Brady odds changed significantly uh, late in the process? It was like a day before he announced that he was coming back. There was that huge movement um, towards the Buccaneers again for him to come back. Some guy laid some ginormous bet on the Buccaneers. And then people are like, oh, that's a little weird.
3: So the Raiders are giant favorites to Land Rodgers. Minus 390. Ooh. Packers,
1: plus 300. And Jets, plus 600. Interesting. Wow. I, th- I still... I don't know. I don't know what the darkness retreat told him. That's what I don't know. I mean, that's what we all wonder. What did he see when he was in the dark? What did he learn? I don't think he saw anything. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boy, this is so weird. I mean, could you imagine... Back, I just, I'm trying to think of like Joe Montana or you know, I don't know, just like any of the, like the the quarterbacks back in the day, like Stallback or or Joe, you know, or even you know even Terry Bradshaw was a weird dude. He had some weird still is a weird dude. Had some about weird to say, quirks. I want you to yeah. Let me yeah, let me, I'm let me glad rephrase you that. Said that. Yeah, did Bart star yeah, have to go into yeah. one of these darkness retreat? I mean, you know what I mean? It's like the quarterbacks no, of yesteryear. No. I don't I don't feel like
2: this is something they would. Who done. could you see I could see Bob in it, Bobby. <laughs> Griffin, in the, in well, the, I actually the, could see
1: Bradshaw doing it because I thought Bradshaw, oh, when he yeah. had a shoulder injury at one point, bought a pet parrot or something and had yeah. it on his shoulder, and yeah. thought it was a healing thing. He he did some weird stuff, so maybe Bradshaw definitely. I can right.
2: tell you who I don't see going in is Starbuck.
1: Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, now, right. Roger
2: to me was always the most impressive. Rock um, solid guy. Yeah, Rock right. solid should have yeah. never been a cowboy. The only mark yeah. against him is that he had to work in Dallas.
1: Well, it wasn't. He didn't choose it. It chose him, if you will. That's but, uh, my whole point. But yeah.
2: suppose. Some other team, I mean, he, we'd still be talking about it.
1: Sure. Sure. Very true.
2: Yeah. I mean, there is definitely some,
1: some guys that, you know, would, would do this besides Aaron Rodgers of the current group. But I'm just thinking about like old time quarterbacks. Like, first of all, these guys actually had jobs in the offseason. They didn't get to like just do whatever.
2: Man, you're so right about that. But Mikey has no idea what you're talking about. No, he doesn't. He can't even. Mike's like, what? Do
1: you know that uh, at one point, Mike, uh, one of my favorite uh, Washington Redskins was a guy named Monty Coleman. It was a linebacker's badass. It's really the last great coverage linebacker we had he worked at memco uh yeah. in one of the off seasons um uh, <laughs> <MCL, laughs> yeah, <the> yeah. <laughs> and mike's like what the hell's a memco uh yeah. it was uh, like an apartment store it had everything like it had groceries in the back it had like yeah. clothes and it was like a target basically is what it was a target before Mingo. there was targets right. yeah memco. i went to a place kind of similar in pittsburgh a couple weeks ago called duffy's oh is that right okay. yes i've heard about this yeah. What about that Bucky's place that everybody's so excited about? What is that? Is it a food place? Everybody's Bucky's. like in the South, some place in the South. Everybody tweets about. I don't know. Everybody I don't knows we've know. been tweeting about. It. It's weird. I don't. Something on spring breaks. People have been seeing. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah. But anyway, so Mike Coleman, yeah, he was like working are Memco to season at one point in the sporting goods department just mm-hmm. because I think he could get free like like discount of fishing gear and he was like an outdoorsman. I don't know, yeah, but, but it still just, is. But
2: yeah. yeah, but that was why you did it, right? It was also. Larry Brown, when I got here in 1980, you know, Larry Brown was doing insurance. Yeah, that makes sense, Pat, right? You know, Fisher was working. Joe, all these people, although I, I'm I'm happy these guys get to get rich earlier. Sure. But what they'll never be able to gain that we gain was work experience. Right. You were working for George. I was working not, but I it yeah. was normal. Right. I was seeking Right. Employment? No, it's smart. I go, ain't no way in the hell I'm going to be able to make it off this, so I got to supplement it. Right. Plus, I knew the sport was temporary. Yeah. You play four the league yeah, whatever you play, but then it's over.
1: Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. Daniel yeah. Gafford's going to join All us right. here shortly. It's Burgundy and Gold today. We're talking Wizards win on the other side with Daniel here on the Team 980 Streaming Live on the free Odyssey app.